Welcome back to our third episode of Is a Hot Dog a Sandwich? I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. I'm doing really good. Mr. Ethan, how are you doing, my brother? You know what? It's been such a beautiful weekend. Sharing this energy, going out, having a great time. I am on top of the world right now and I'm ready to put it down. Let's go. So last week we spoke about the Royals. We spoke about living in a simulation and we spoke about our namesake itself is a hot dog, a sandwich. I still think it is. I, I'm not, I'm not going to be turning around too soon. So uh, hopefully you guys have let us know uh, and hopefully you guys go back and take that in even more because I think that was a brilliant episode. So now we're moving on to the topics for this week. The three topics we've got going on today are are hats okay in general? Are they okay? Acceptable? Who knows? The second topic, we're going to go to the philosophical question. If a tree falls in a forest, does it make a sound? <laughs> and finally, within the wake of the Zack Snyder Justice League cut being, for now, a success, being reviewed as a, as a success, and with more directors being challenged to bring out their director cuts, should movie director cuts become a more prominent thing? So here we go. We're about to get into it. For the first one, our hats okay. We're gonna go for uh, for me. So if uh, can you can you break it down for us? What's what's the process here? So I've got a random number generator here between one and two, and one is for two is against, and we are rolling for Jed right now. Let's see. And it is for our hats okay. We have a number one. So you are saying that hats are a-okay. Mr. New Era, I go. know you're feeling this one. <laughs> Next up, we have does a tree make a sound? And this one, we're going to roll for me. And we have a one. So I am saying trees do make a sound. Uh, that is about to go down <laughs> like the tree. Like the tree. And we're going to hear it. <laughs> um, number three, last but not least, movie director cuts. Should they be a thing for or against? We're rolling for Jed here. And we have a two. Okay, so I'm against. I'm so against it. It should never be a thing. Oh. It should have never existed in the first place. You know what? Now that makes me happy that I haven't finished the Snyder Cut because if I'd have seen it and I'd have liked it, I'd have been like, I'd have been wanting to be on that side. So the fact that I haven't seen it or completed it, I've only seen that the first half an hour. I'm not sold on it yet, so I, I'm I'm happy to to be unbiased from this point. So, um, so that's wicked. Guys, we now have half an hour where we're gonna go away, we're gonna study these, we're gonna, we're gonna come up with all the information we can. We'll see you guys in half an hour where we are gonna get going. Welcome back, people. We have had our 30 minutes and we are ready to dive straight in. Our first topic is, are hats okay? And the legendary Jed will be kicking us off with why hats are okay. So Jed, tell us why are hats okay? Okay, my timer has started. I want to paint a picture for you, right? A massive hall, candles floating in the sky, lit candles floating in the sky. An old man with a long beard at the end of this hall, standing on the stage, welcomes you up onto it. There's a big throne, a gold throne almost, placed in the middle. This boy, dark hair, blue eyes, pale, you know, 11 years old, sits on this chair. He's got a weird kind of mark on his forehead, you know, a jaggedy mark. It's kind of, we're not sure what, what goes on. Next, a hat placed upon his head. It talks to us for a while. It tells us what's going on in this boy's head, what's going on in his thoughts, in his mind. 
before about 30 seconds pass, we hear Gryffindor! And the sorting hat places Harry Potter in Gryffindor House. Without hats, this beautiful story doesn't begin. Without hats, you could argue Harry Potter doesn't exist. So that's my first point. I also want to make a second point, something real simple and something that I know a few of our, our close friends will support massively and actually will, will have a disdain for you disagreeing with. And I'm just going to say one word and I'm actually just going to finish it there with sombreros. That's my time up. I'm very happy with, uh, with what I said over those uh, 90 seconds. Thank you very much. Sombreros. Shout out to our Mexican family. You know who you are and we love you for you. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say all the juicy bits I've got for the rebuttal. You know, that was, that was a very interesting point. You made, um, you painted a beautiful story. Thank Harry you. Potter. I think we knew where it was all ending up, but <laughs> we appreciated the journey that you took us on. Um, and I'm about to tell you why hats are not okay. All right. Okay, so um, Jon Snow, the pinnacle of perfection in Game of Thrones. In not one single episode did this man, the leader, the man who turned down the opportunity to be king of the kingdoms, he didn't have a hat. The Rock, in Fast and Furious, each and every single one of them that he was in, with the exception of Jumanji, The Rock never wears a hat. He didn't rock up on a hat. When you see Jason Statham being Jason Statham in his bad boy movies, no hat. When Bruce Willis kicked Snape out of the building in Die Hard 1, spoiler alert, but you should have watched it by now. It's the greatest Christmas movie of all time. He was not wearing a hat. Would these heroes of our society have been able to do that if they had a cap over their head. They couldn't quite see something. You can't aim the right direction because a cap is blocking your view. I would argue, no. Next, the umbrella. Hoods. Bandanas. Sunglasses. Do-rags. Fashion statements that allow you to be the greatest you possible are dwarfed at times by hats. Hats are just too flamboyant, they're too over the top and there's no place for them. They're taking away all of the source, Jed. They're taking away all of the source. Time. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate, I appreciate that a lot. And you made some points that I, I'm very excited to make the most of it, if I'm honest. Um, so I'm ready to just roll back into it, give me my time. Said he's ready to go. Time starts now. Okay, so I'm so glad you mentioned Die Hard, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Would the image of Father Christmas be the same without that red hat with the white little furry dot on the end? I don't think it would, bro. I don't think it would. Scientifically, there has never, ever, ever been a case for not wearing hats. You can wear a hat non-stop every day for the rest of your life and science has proven it will do you no physical harm, right? There's nothing bad. And I want to give you some iconic scenes. You mentioned movies and great, great stars, right? Indiana Jones running away from a boulder, completely petrified for his life, slides under a dropping door and the final, the final moment, the catch, the bit that is culturally relevant is his hat falls off and he grabs it as it swings under the, uh, under the door. A fantastic moment. I also want you to know two very important things with 10 seconds to go. Top hats are responsible for less beaver trapping in America, but also if it wasn't for top hats, we wouldn't have cloakrooms in uh, theatres as people needed to take them off because they couldn't wear them in, in the theatre. Done. Oh. <laughs> the hottest 60 seconds right there. Jeez, I had so many notes. I knew I got through about 50% of them, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. 
I'm good to go. My mm-hmm. time starts now. So, you said that there was no scientific evidence for wearing hats. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because hats have a, have a bit of a history in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s in Chicago. Um, <laughs> one of your favourite cities, one of our favourite cities. Um, hats were used instead of, as a way to protect people's hair because people were washing once a week. Hats were used as an excuse for people to wash less in the time. Maybe they couldn't have washed less, but now that we wash every single day, we have hygiene, we are hygienic. We don't need hats. Hats are a breeding ground for bacteria. They contain the head. They seal in all of the juices that you've been making throughout the day, and they just allow it to drip down your face at the end of the day. That is not, there's no place for that in my life. You know, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I can't believe I thought on this show we were going to have orderly debate. This man is spreading propaganda and I won't have it. I'm upset. I wish I was able to go last on that one. (laughs) How'd you bring my favourite city into this? What are you doing to this, man? (laughs) Um, Beautiful, beautiful statements. So uh, now we're going to move on to does a tree make a sound in the forest if nobody is there to hear it? Our philosophical question of the day. Um... While, while we were on this topic, while we were studying this topic earlier, I had a few chuckles come from both me and Ethan. So, uh, so hopefully we're, uh, we're going to get some, some really interesting bits. Ethan, as we know, is four. Um, the, the sound, the tree making the sound, um, even if nobody's there to hear it. So, bro, 90 seconds on the clock. Take it away. So, first and foremost, I will take it back to science. My comfort ground, my <laughs> stomping grounds. <laughs> and we'll start by talking about energy. Mm-hmm. As a tree grows uh, and goes through its life cycle, gets taller and taller, it stores up potential energy, i.e. the energy that will be expelled when it is either burnt or when it falls to the ground. When a tree tumbles down to the ground, it displaces air. It connects with other wood and the ground and creates vibrations. Those vibrations and that kinetic energy creates what we know to be sound. Therefore, regardless of whether we are there to observe it or not, a tree will make a sound. Secondly, are we to be so vain that we think we are the only things that exist on this planet? (laughs) Animals exist. It's not just if we are not allowed to hear it, the animals are there to hear it. They are of course there and they deserve to be there. Think ants don't hear that big tree cracking as it tumbles through the branches? Of course they do. We should not be so vain as to make a point that trees do not make sounds. I'm gonna leave it there because I got some more stuff, but it's coming for the next minute. Okay, okay. This man, you guys need to see the confidence of this man. You know, he stopped with ten seconds to go. He left ten seconds. A whole, I want to say ninth, but that isn't even. Yeah, a whole ninth of his time he left. On, on, on the table. He said, I don't need it. I can't believe the audacity of the character of the man sitting against me. He's confident, guys. I don't like this. I don't like this. Give me, give me a second. I need to find the, the first note I want to go with. I want, I want to really make sure I, I hit the ground running here. Sound um, a bit rattled. You know what? I am. It's, 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 it was a power play. You hit me with just there. When you stopped 10 seconds earlier, I was like, oh, damn. This man clearly thinks he's got science. I'm trying to, I'm trying to take it. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, hit me with good. that 90. Okay. Your time starts now. Hey, Merriam-Webster. First of all, shout out to Merriam-Webster. Always, always hitting me with these, with these uh, the definitions when I need them the most, okay? 
Sound. By definition of Merriam-Webster, the sensation perceived by the sense of hearing. Perception is the key word here. Perception. It is our human perception to perceive sound. We have no idea what animals perceive, sir. We have no idea. My counterpart is speaking for animals and that is disrespectful. We do not know what they perceive. We can never even begin to consider that we know what they perceive. So that's the first thing, is the perception. If a human being isn't there to perceive the noise, then it does not make that noise because we haven't heard it, right? The perception is very important. Secondly, sound is a human experience, is what I would say. That's actually the same point, really, if you think about it. Um, now, another point I want to make is Trees, the comic book by Warren Ellis, is about spaceships coming down from Earth. That doesn't make a sound when I read it. So why should actual trees make a sound when they come, when they come away from, from the ground? Um, and then finally, I would like to ask you, sir, are we in a simulation? Because it takes it back to that. If we're in a simulation and we're not there to see it or to perceive or to hear it, then it doesn't, it doesn't exist. As we know, things behave differently when not being perceived. So therefore, we have no idea if a sound, if a sound is made or not. And that is time. So very I was shaking there. I was shaking. Point <laughs> there. How are you feeling? Uh, you know what? That... It's, I'm still rattled from that from you coming off early. That, that was like a that was like the Michael Jordan shrug moment. He dropped he dropped a, a three pointer, turned around and be like, I'm the best, what do you expect? And I feel like that was the moment from you. So do you just have Marion Webster on speed dial? You just give her a <laughs> give her a call just to find out what's going on in the world. We have a chat every 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 Friday mm -hmm. we have a chat for about half an hour. I'm like, look, look Marion Webster, I'm about to I'm about to go into this into this uh, this battle of giants against you and uh Mary Roberts is always like look here's the definition I got you but you know I can only take you 10% of the journey and that's the 10 that's the 10% I need so shout out to Mary Webster for always uh backing me backing me on these on these talks I'm ready to go bro I, I know you are you're 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 itching so <laughs> let's hear it okay let's let's first of all go back to this you said perceived you said that it's a uniquely human experience when people hunt pheasant and I don't advocate this bold move they make sounds they whip up sounds and the birds respond to that by flying into the air you said that we don't know what animals perceive but we have studied carefully the anatomy of cats of dogs of other mammals and we can say that they also have drums and eardrums not just drums that you beat hey. but they do make a sound when the wood bangs <laughs> just as it makes a sound when a the wood of the tree bangs if you were to set up a microphone in a forest where you are not there to perceive it and recorded it and left it in a container for 20 years and came back to it, you would still hear that sound. Trees hear other trees. They speak One second. To each other. Done. Oh, I had a little bit more to I know, say. I, know, I should have put it in there. You know what? You know what? There. You know what? This has actually brought me back because the fact that you got cut off on the second one fills me with confidence now because you, you, you finished early on the first one. I feel like you needed those 10 seconds now. That, that karma has just come back and slapped <laughs> me in the face. Hey, bro, get, let, let, let me get this. Let me get this. Let Your minute starts now, sir. Okay, so we're going to go into a slightly different philosophical topic right now. You said if you leave a recording instrument and come back 20 years later, you're not there to hear it, but you will hear the sound that is, that is put on it. 
I would argue that that is perception delayed. I would argue that you are still perceiving it. You have still created the environment to perceive it. You are there, just in a, just in a different time frame. So I'd argue that first. Also, this is a Lord of the Rings. They're not ants walking around talking to each other. Trees do not make sounds in the first place. I would actually argue so much as to say that the tree never makes a sound regardless of if you're there or not. It is the air. All it is is the vibrations in the air that makes the sound. The tree in itself is not making a sound at all. Also, it's disrespectful to the ground and the leaves around it that are also responsible for this sound. I feel like once again, you're disregarding the, the, the land around it. How dare you? And the final point I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave here. The only time I will care if a tree makes a sound is if it is making a sound of the underground. Shout out girls aloud. <laughs> what a way to finish. I, I feel like you're driving a point through the theme throughout this podcast. You said that I've disrespected animals. I've disrespected trees. Do I need to go and live in a forest for a couple of weeks and get myself back together? We got to call Peter. We got to call Peter and, and, and get this all cleared up. <laughs> What's our next question, sir? Oh, man. Uh, our next question is a really, really, really interesting one. It's, it's obviously right on the topic. It's big in my mind because it's, uh, it's so prevalent right now with Justice League, with uh, the, the Snyder Cut of Justice League coming out. I'm a massive, anybody who doesn't know, I'm a massive comic book fan. In our, in our bookshelf, we have over 100 comic books. And I would like to say I'm probably responsible for about 80% of those comic books. That, that might be an underestimate. I my <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is a massive one for me. And actually, I feel a bit like a fraud saying that while I've also not having finished the Snyder Cut. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going into this with, with, with confidence because I understand the topic of comic book movies, but not obviously overall director cuts, but also with a little bit of uh, guilt to say that I'm not 100% uh, in. I'm not 100% in on the, uh, on, the, on, the, on the movie. Well, you're going to have to be because your time starts now. Okay, right. So... The original Justice League cost 600, no, sorry, cost $300 million, right? It scored 54% on Metacritic. That is a, a movie rating uh, website. The Snyder Cut cost an extra $70 million to add to the final piece. That movie ended up getting a 54% rating on Metacritic. So I would argue that percentage-wise, an extra 70 million isn't worth only a 9% bump in the movie's ratings. I would also argue, because this movie has come out when cinemas are not open in a massive part of the world, they're not even making that money back. So this is just an expense. This is just a passion project. This is just ego. All we're doing here is just performing for somebody, okay? I'm out. I'm out of it. I'd like to present to you with a human being called John Emmerich Edward Dahlberg Acton. He said... Absolute power corrupts absolutely. I'm going to give you a list of names. Mussolini, Stalin, Augustus Caesar, Bill O'Brien from the Houston Texans, and Zack Snyder. All of these men have been given absolute power. When a director is allowed to control every single aspect of a movie and the producers and the other stakeholders don't have enough of a voice, things go wrong. A la DeAndre Hopkins getting traded to the Arizona Cardinals. The same thing is happening with director cuts. Let's not let them take over. That's the end of our time. Time went up very quickly there. Fantastic. I, sh I shouldn't have led with John Emmerich Edward Dolberg Acton. I probably should have just cut it down. abbreviate that. <laughs> I, I, I respect that you 
trust this man so much that you wanted to make sure that respect was bestowed to him by yourself. I wanted to cite the correct source, you know what I mean? I, don't want, I didn't want them to be, assumed, to be mistaken for John Emmerich Francis Dahlberg Acton, you know? That would be a, a disaster. And I'm sure he and Acton appreciate it. Fantastic. All right, uh, you got your 90 seconds to... to my 90 seconds. I'm ready to go. Let's hit it. So, you might make the argument that having a longer movie means it's less concise or not as effective. Normally, director's cuts in the previously have been for the diehard fans. And you might say that, we're just looking at a general audience here. What I'm here to argue today is that having a director's cut ensures that the movie achieves its goals. You know very well, you are a film buff in, in a massive way. The concept of deus ex machina. Deus ex machina exists in films where they haven't had enough time to explain what is actually going on in the movie. I point to Suicide Squad. The, the first one, not the one that's about to drop, the first one. That movie was terrible and I sat through it. <laughs> there is a David Ayer's cut that is supposed to be fantastic. I would happily waste my time, as you might say, <laughs> to go and watch that all the way through just to make me feel like that spending that money in the first place was worth it. Harry Potter, The Chamber of Secrets. One of my favourite movies, a phoenix appears out of nowhere. We have no connection to this phoenix. This phoenix just appears and happens to save the day. That's my time for now. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I like, you know what, you also, you, you mentioned, it, it was really interesting because you mentioned a movie that we both have a disdain for in um, Suicide Squad, uh, also the name of our kickoff team for the London Warriors, if any of you uh, care to know. Um, but also, then you mentioned a movie that we both have massive passion and respect for in uh, Chamber of Secrets. Yes. Which is cool. an incredible white movie and maybe actually the best Harry Potter movie, but I'll, I'll say that for another day. That could be another one of the questions. Actually, guys, in the middle of this, uh, this topic right here, please let us know in the comments or in any way that you can contact us, what is your favourite movie? And if it doesn't have a director's cut, would you want your favourite movie to have a director's cut? That's something I want to know, because if I'm honest, my favourite movie, City of God, I don't think I would want a director's cut out of it. That's just my, my opinion on in this moment. On this day, we have found something that we can both agree on. <laughs> that is a fantastic movie, and I would highly recommend it to anyone that you don't see. It's subtitled, mm -hmm. but you better get reading. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for your minute? Oh, I am so ready! Let's get it! Hit me with the 60 seconds. Go. Okay, so, I'm going to give you just some information here right now. Lord of the Rings 3, Return of the King, you know, the, 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 the longest one. When it came out, it was 201 minutes. That's 3 hours, 20 minutes long, right? The director's cut of The Lord of the Rings Return of the King is 252 minutes. That's over four hours long, if, I, if I'm not mistaken with maths, right? This Justice League cut that's come out has added on almost another hour onto its uh, runtime. The final movie I'm going to give you that has a director's cut, get ready for this, Blade Runner, 117 minutes. The director's cut of Blade Runner is 100 and 16 minutes. It is a minute shorter. I'm sorry, Blade Runner, a cult classic, one of the greatest movies ever made, is a minute shorter. The director deemed it to be a minute shorter. We cannot trust these people. I'll say it again. Do not let directors have ultimate power. That's my time. <laughs> that was 
a great <laughs> minute. And without hesitation, I'm going to go back in. I'm reverent to Okay, let's hear it. Okay, you made a point earlier of money versus a passion project. Mm-hmm. Should we let and allow money get in the way of perfection? I would argue no. And in an ideal world and in an ideal scenario, I would not live that. It shouldn't be about the money. It should be about the project and the effort and the time. And that's one thing that you are brilliant in. I wanted to go back and make a very quick point about another Deus Ex Machina because it bugs me so much. Superman won. He spins around the earth, reverses it in order to turn back time. That's not how any of this works. (laughs) If the film had a super cut, which there is available, a director's cut, it would have been a lot better. You also made the point of comparing directors to Mussolini, Bill (laughs) O'Brien. One of the greatest and most epic movies of the 50s, Spartacus, was fully controlled by a single director who put his foot down. Time. Nice finish. Nice finish. I'm a very big fan of your use of the term deus ex machina. That's a, that's, I like that. I think we should bring that into our everyday uh, vernacular. Ooh. So thank you for bringing that to the table. <laughs> said, I'll meet your deus ex machina with my vernacular. That Ooh. was spectacular, Jed. Hey. That was spectacular. Hey. That was incredible. Um, that was absolutely incredible. How are you feeling? How do you, how do you feel about that? I'm feeling great. Um, the hat conversation was one in which I love. We both own... A number of hats. Yeah, yeah, we do. And there may be some people out there that own zero hats. And those are the people I would like to understand why. Mm. What is it that takes you away from hats? Is it you've experienced too many people hat fishing <laughs> when you're going on your hinge dates? <laughs> is it something that gets in your way? Do you have a number of fashion statements that you're trying to make? Mm-hmm. What is it? How what? do you feel about trees, Jed? Me? Well, like I said, I've got a, there's, a, there's a comic series that I've been reading, which, which hasn't actually finished yet. I'm kind of annoyed. They're really slow on it. No, no pressure to the, to the makers. But a, a comic book series called Trees. And that has definitely, even though it's got nothing to do with actual trees, it's brought me a lot closer to trees, if I'm honest, as a whole. The whole topic of trees, um, I'm, I'm big into now. So um, I'm happy that we got to talk in so in-depth about trees and the sounds they make, 100%. Um, and actually, we mentioned my favourite movie. And if I would like a director's cut, but I, we, we, we don't know your favourite movie. And if you would like a director's cut. Oh, you put me on... So, okay, no. My favourite movie, the one that's firmly in my head, is The Dark Knight. Ooh. And I think, again, and this is potentially because it is my favourite movie, that you don't change a thing. Mm. Every single moment felt planned. And Heath Ledger's brilliance was shown without being over the top. Yeah. Batman was Batman. He did his deep voice <laughs> and he did his thing and it was a fantastic movie and my favorite of the trilogy yeah fascinating i yeah i think i think definitely dark knight is is the best 100 percent, and I, I agree with you i think i think christopher nolan knew what he was doing in that process but also i think uh it fits very brilliantly with the overall narrative of the trilogy so yeah i completely agree uh what do you guys think I, we'd love to know what's your favorite hat are you capping uh, do we think trees make sounds in, in the forest if nobody hears them? Do other things make a sound if there's nobody else to hear them? And finally, what's your favourite movie? And do you think it should get a director's cut? I think it's been an incredible episode. It's been one that's been very enlightening for me. I need to finish that film. Uh, also, we should potentially go and just stand around in some forests and see what, what goes on there. Yeah. Uh, is there. Are there any final words from you, Mr. Ethan? I just want to say thank you all for listening. And if there is anything that you would like to hear us debate, I am happy to put it down on the table. 
and hit you with some facts. Yeah. Fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have an incredible week, and we're going to catch you next time. Bye.